I think we should get started then. Welcome everybody to our coffee hour, which happens every Friday morning at 11 o'clock Eastern. Today, uh, I thought since the holidays are here and we may be able to be with family and friends a little more than we were last year, maybe, maybe not. It might be appropriate to talk about those situations we run across as visually impaired folks where people who are sighted just don't get it. For example, um, you're at a family gathering and you, you get there and you, you know, you, you get, they welcome you, they take your coat, you know, they help you find a spot to sit and you're thinking, oh boy, this is great. Now we can have conversation with people. And then everybody seems to drift out of the room you're in and go somewhere else without you realizing it. And you're talking to dead air. Anybody ever had that situation happen? <laughs> it's kind of frustrating. Um, you know, these are people that you know that you're related to and whatever, and they just don't seem to understand that uh, you didn't know they were going to take off on you. So anybody ever had that situation happen? I've seen it happen, It's and it's happened to me. It's a common occurrence. What did you do about it? Did you Did you handle it well or not well or... Sometimes well and sometimes not so well. It depends on my mood because <laughs> um, it can be really frustrating. Um, and and I actually have enough vision. I can I can kind of sense that. But I've seen it happen to other individuals who have less vision, and and I know it it's a frustrating experience. What is the best way to handle that? Anybody got any ideas? What I have done in the past, and it only happens to me in a really dark room, and mm -hmm. I am uncomfortable in really dark rooms anyway, mm -hmm. but uh, after that happens, I, I try to find a couple of people and say, you know that I don't see well when it's dark. Let me know when things change, mm -hmm. you know, and don't walk away when I'm talking to you without telling me you're going somewhere, please. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. And do they apologize? And that, you know, they don't realize well, usually, you know, there are some people who are very busy with themselves mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they're not as accommodating. Mm -hmm. Anybody else got any ideas about how to handle that one? Have a raised hand. Um, somebody with a phone number ending 597. Calandra. Hi, Calandra. Um. What I would do to handle that situation is, um, because I've had this happen before, sometimes I could be talking and some, and I'd not realize somebody would walk away or something like that. And, and then that to be a family member, it could be anybody. Mm -hmm. um, what I would do is wait for an opportunity to talk to them. Uh, again, once they have uh, come in contact with me, mostly I just blow it off because I tend to do, do the same thing when somebody is talking to me mm -hmm. and I don't appear to be interested in what they have to say. I tend to turn away and walk away sometimes and sometimes it's not good. And mm -hmm. I think about how I sometimes am absent-minded and do the same thing. So mm -hmm. sometimes I just write it off and, you know, pretend like it hasn't even happened. 
yeah, yeah, that's, you know, some, sometimes you just have to do that, I guess. And then, of course, there's the situation where you're in a restaurant and the waitress or waiter talks to your whoever you're with, but not you. Um, <laughs> that's always fun when you're, you're, you're invisible. Um, anybody got any good ideas for that one? Erica has her hand raised, and she may have been going to respond to your previous question, but... Um, oh, that's okay. All that's right. right. Either one, either situation. Okay. Well, I would just like to contribute. If I'm at a family gathering or a social event of some sort where mainly everyone is sighted, I tend just to sit back or stand, depending on where I'm at, at the time that this is happening, where everybody's dispersed and gone in different directions. I really try to just kind of listen. I just wait a few minutes. Sometimes it takes a lot of courage, especially if I'm already sitting down and if I have like a plate full of food or something already and I'm holding on to a lot of different things or if I have my dog. And um, sometimes I just really have to work up the nerve to figure out, okay, where's, where has everybody gone? And then I just try to listen to where everyone is, or just a few people at least. And I'll just uh, eventually get up and walk over to where they're at mm -hmm. and, you know, try to contribute and just say, oh, hi, what's going on? That kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I just try to <laughs> yeah. join in on the conversation sort of thing. It can be mm -hmm. awkward. I'm not going to lie or mm -hmm. try to sugarcoat mm -hmm. it as we all probably have experienced. I mean, it's never easy being the only mm -hmm. one in the mm -hmm. situation. As far as a restaurant goes, if I'm if I happen to be seated with other people and I'm not being acknowledged by the wait staff, that doesn't always happen. It has. I'm not going to say it hasn't. Uh, I just usually try to speak up too. I'll just try to say, "Oh, well, thanks a lot for giving me some more water." Or, you know, I try to be pleasant. That kind mm -hmm. of thing. Not that it doesn't bother me. It does. I'm not going to act as though it, it hasn't ever bothered me. It does which understandably it would bother anyone being ignored or not being considered. So uh, I definitely can relate to everything that's being said so far. So I'm really glad to be here and contribute my thoughts. Oh, we're in. glad you're here. Have you been on one of our calls before, Erica? No. In fact, I really like the subject matter. I was looking through the agenda for today and I really liked what was going to be covered. So I, that's really what prompted me to join today. Well, welcome. We're glad you're here. Thanks. All right. Um, Kathy, yeah. I, I would just like to play off of what Calandra said, yeah. um, you know, and sometimes it is best just to um, set an example. So if you, you know, she acknowledged that sometimes she leaves a conversation without telling people that she's going. Mm -hmm. And, and so if we were all more, um, you know, conscious of, of when we, leave a grouping we say that then that might be a good example to those around us that when they leave a grouping that they should do the same that that would be maybe something that that would be beneficial to to us so we we could lead by example in that and and mm -hmm. thank you Calandra for saying that and and um yeah 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 and it, it's um I think it really is important to tune into your surroundings and listen to see what's going on. Um, I've noticed that sometimes when I'm in a, a meeting, um, in, you know, in a, in a room like 
even at a convention, um, some people will come into the room and they'll start like, hello, is so-and-so here? Is so-and-so there? And it's, that's, that's also very annoying, you know, because people are trying to get settled and whatever. I think it's better if you can kind of just listen to see if the person you're looking for is there, but it's like, I, I, it feels like those of us who are visually impaired, sometimes we, the only way we feel like we are part of a situation is to throw out a, uh, you know, shout and see if an echo comes back, you know? Um, And that's not necessarily the best way to handle it. I really like what Erica had to say about um, just being very, quiet and listening and then going towards you know um and and that would be the opposite of like you said throwing out a shout and and see if you get an echo back you know (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. um we do have a hand raised um wesley wesley has his hand raised go ahead restaurants one of the most frustrating things i have is like you try to eat your meal then something runs out you know your water runs out or whatever then how do you let the waste staff know that you need some help, you know, and say, you know, like, don't raise your hand. That's not done. And if you do, if it moves, they say, don't wave at them because, you know, waste step hate when you wave at them. And so it's like, I mean, I mean, it, it can be frustrating sometimes. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I guess the point is, is that side for next to you to get the waiter's attention. It's probably the way to do it. But if you're like the only one there or there's all blind people with you, I mean, it's bad. Sometimes they got up and just walked up to where they're standing and asked for them. And sometimes mm-hmm. I just looked up the restaurant's phone number and called them on my cell phone, you know, <laughs> sometimes, you know, but, and also okay. talk, that's, talk. that's one way to handle it. <laughs> okay. But a lot of the stuff you're talking about, there's a book out there called when you can't believe your eyes that, where there's a sex that talks about the stuff, social situations, uh-huh. you know, with, you know, going to mm-hmm. parties or family get-togethers that kind of talk about these, these situations. And mm-hmm. that might be a good thing. It's on board. It's like it went, it's called When You Can't Believe Your Eyes. That sounds like a good book for everybody to take a look at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. believe the author is Hannah Fairbanks or Fairchild or I'll, I'll look it up before we're done here and, mm-hmm. and see if we um, mm-hmm. can't get the, the, the number. So mm-hmm. it's easy for everyone to access that. Um, Tom mm-hmm. Frank has his hand raised. I always like names like Fairchild or, 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 or Fairhaven for a town or whatever. Not a great child, just a fair child. You know, that's, <laughs> the, you know not, or fail, Fairfield, uh, Vermont. You know, people got here. Oh, it's not a great field, but well, we'll we'll just move here. Why not? It's better than where we left. So anyway, at a at a family gathering gathering or a group of, of friends or whatever you know where there is i don't yell out but i'll say uh kira you here mm-hmm. and she's very quiet all of the time yes mm-hmm. and then i'll then i'll talk to her know where she is and at mm-hmm. the and we have for sunday dinner we usually have between 12 i think for christmas we'll have like 28 or whatever wow. But I have one place at the kitchen table, sort at the dining room table. That's where I sit. Uh-huh. And then I can orient half the people in the kitchen. Some are gathered around the table and mm-hmm. in the other room. And if I have the 
that, and my wife is very nice. She says, uh, he's rolling his eyes. As far as he's concerned, the conversation is done. <laughs> okay, thank you very much <laughs> for one of the grandchildren. No, they're, they're not. <laughs> By the way, they left. <laughs> I'm just going to say, have a spouse or somebody that can say, you know, mm-hmm. I don't mind. Mm-hmm. Tell me if they've left. And if the whole mm-hmm. room has left, then you say, well, I, I should have taken a shower this morning. <laughs> but that's well, one idea I had for Wesley's uh, situation there was maybe when you first go to the restaurant and the, the, person is seating you you might want to say something like uh could you uh you know i don't i don't see well so could you you know come back every so often to make sure that everything's okay or that i don't need anything i mean most of the time the wait staff is supposed to do that anyway but right. sometimes they don't they they get busy or you know, they're maybe they're thinking you're going to signal them when you want something and they need to know that you can't do that. And so that might help smooth things along if they know up front that you don't see them and you need them to stop by and see how you're doing. Good idea. Um, Kathy, I did find the book. And and as Wes said, it's when you can't believe your eyes, the rest of the title is vision loss and personal recovery. And like the sounds of that, it is uh, the author is Hannah Fair Barn, F-A-I-R-B-A-I-N, Fair R. R-N. Yes. I-R-N. Yes. And and the number of it is D. B C one one six one nine. So again, the number of of that book is D B C one one six one nine. All right. Thanks, Zelda. Thanks for looking that up. You bet. Yeah. Um, Anybody else got any situations that come to mind that? uh, you know, people just don't seem to to get it. Uh, you, you you find yourself in a in kind of a spot. Okay, Rod has his hand raised. Uh, just a couple of things. Uh, one of the things that Tom mentioned about his wife, when my wife was with me, uh, it was a whole different life than the one I'm living now. I you know she was completely sighted, and that makes a difference when you have a traveling companion or somebody you're with who you can rely on. And she did the best audio description because she knew what I could see and what I couldn't. And I didn't get anything I didn't need. And I got everything I needed. But uh-huh. anyway, I, the one comment I wanted to make is I'm a high partial. And often in a big group, like at a, an ACB convention, I often find that I have the most vision in the room. And I, I kind of feel responsible that nobody gets left behind when everybody's moved on somewhere else. And when somebody's talking to themselves, do other people feel the same thing here among us partially cited that if you can help, you feel you really should. I do. Yeah. This is Zelda. I do. Yeah, I do. Not, not now, now that I can't 
serve that role is my vision to scotch and worse. But even at AC conventions, AC conventions, when they're letting out the big meeting or the banquet, I'd go over and stand by the men's room. Uh, Men's room this way. um, (laughs) If if you can have vision and there are people with less, you know, Mm -hmm. you say, this is this is not going so well. So you <laughs> you just mm-hmm. help out. And and, yeah, wim, women's room helpful. to my right, go down that. Okay, that mm-hmm. way. And then you know, See, I won't help, help there help because when out. that lets out, I use the vision I have to get around and get out of there as fast as I possibly could and get out mm-hmm. of the crowd. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of thinking of the smaller group one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my I, wife and I running like madmen trying to keep up with the dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I um, this, this is Kathy. The one hey. conference I've been able to attend was a Florida Council, a uh, Florida ACB mm-hmm. conference. Yep. And I only lost my sight two years ago. It was quite an experience. If you remember, I don't know if most of you can remember the first time you attended a a, a conference for people who are visually impaired I was just so flummoxed and like confused what was going on you know but anyway but then I saw them trying to run the mic around the room mm-hmm. and get it to people to ask questions yep so that they could be heard over the speaker and people were trying to quote run the mic that were not sighted did not have uh-huh. any vision mm-hmm. and so I realized that and so after that, every time at the, when I walked into a room for a session, I'd go up to the front and say, I have a fair amount of sight. If I, if you need a mic runner, I'd be willing to do that. I might well, be able good. to do it easier than a lot of people. That's good. So it was a specific function I saw that they were struggling with. Yeah. Because it was kind of like what I call Marco Polo. I'm over here. Yeah. I'm over Hello. here. You know? <laughs> yeah. 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 That's, that, that is helpful. Um, uh, I I have done that, you know, in a at a convention or in a place where uh, there are a lot of folks with visual impairments, you know, and they may have less vision than I do. I try to help out as much as I can. It actually feels good to be able to help sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. usually yeah. I'm the one that needs the help, and here I am able to help somebody else. Mm-hmm. Kathy, we do have some more hands. All right, all right. Karen M is next. Go ahead, Karen. Hey, Karen. Good morning. Hi. Good morning, everyone. I was a little bit late, so I um, missed the beginning. But um, I I always prefer, it's great if you have a companion at an event because mm-hmm. they can tell you who's there and what's going on. But nowadays, I often do not have a companion, but I force myself to go anyway. Um if, and I go to meetings and things with sighted people. So what I've started to do in a meeting, um, in meetings with um, sighted people is, because um, they, d- they have a lot of nonverbal communication. And they mm-hmm. seem, they actually, they seem to know when I want to talk by the, ex- I guess, by the expression on my face. Uh-huh. Uh, but <laughs> I, I also raise my hand. You know, and in a restaurant, if I was in a restaurant by myself, um, usually I have my companion try to get the waiter. But yeah. what, what they do is they have to have eye contact and then they raise their hand, too. So I personally don't see um, a problem with raising my hand in a restaurant. Um, 
you know, I went up a little bit so they would notice me um, if I was by myself. The other thing is, um, you know, I have partial vision. And um, today I'm having lunch with a friend who has less vision than I do. Mm -hmm. And I always feel when I'm with her that I have to take charge and Mm. And I get ner- I get a little nervous because I have enough trouble with myself. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And but you know I so what the situation makes me realize is this is how people must feel when they're with me, the way I feel when I'm with her, and mm-hmm. I see that she needs more help, and I'm guessing that when um, other pe- sighted people are with me, they may feel the same way about me. So, Karen, um, yes, let me ask you this. Have you um, ever had a conversation with her about, gee, you know, when we're out t- together, um, what would be helpful for you? Like, what would be the best way to handle it? You know, have you have you actually <laughs> talked about what to do? Um, no, I don't really see her that often. Um, but today I'll just ask her if she needs help with any or that's probably not the right word. Um, if there's anything I could do to assist, she mm-hmm. should let me know. So I will what, probably say that in the beginning. What kinds of things do you notice when you're with her that she needs help with that you're, you know, noticing you're picking up on? Well, she <laughs> uses a mobility cane. I, I uh-huh. just have a mobility cane. Yep. And um, I don't know. I feel like if she's waiting for a bus or something, I try to mm-hmm. wait with her, but I don't think mm-hmm. she wants me to. I mm-hmm. I kind of feel responsible in a way, but mm-hmm. I understand that um, she um, she wants to be independent, and mm-hmm. um, she has a husband who would be pleased to come and pick her up at any time. Mm-hmm. So she's lucky with that, but she wants to be independent um so yesterday i was in um, a walgreens store and i was asking the woman asked my name so i i gave her my last name Mm -hmm. and rather than rather than her asking me oh what's your first name if that's what she wanted Mm -hmm. she was going to reach out to my wallet and take one of my credit cards i said what Mm. what do you she says oh i wanted to check your name i said I said to her, and this is where I have to learn to be probably a little less forward. I'm from New York, so we we have to be aggressive here. But um, I said to her, you know, I don't see well, but my brain works perfectly well, and and you you should you should just ask me my name or ask me whatever it is you need. Don't just don't go grabbing my stuff, you know, because mm-hmm. to me that's not a good thing. No, so, no. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I just, anyway, I think, I think there is no right or wrong answer. Um, I go into, um, if I've, I've been in situations with people, um, like this woman in church, um, I communicated with her on, I think, I don't know when I, I just said to her, she said, Oh, I saw you in church the other day and I said to her I said you know if you you need to approach me because otherwise I cannot initiate greetings so Mm -hmm. the next time I 
for her, she did. So mm-hmm. we need Very to, nice. it's up to us to let us people know. Yeah. And then it's up to them to either do it or not do it. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who else we got, Zelda? All right. We have Wes, and I agree with Karen. Um, and sometimes we might have to let them know several times before they actually make it a habit of, of doing what we need to do. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Wes, you're up. Yeah. And uh, I say, of course, in these situations, I say, you know, it's pretty handy, you know, when a person probably has the, that nice adaptive equipment, you know, known as a spouse, but. <laughs> and let's see. Oh, I got something in my head that just keeps running away from me. What I wanted to say, but mm-hmm. yeah, it is helpful when you have a sighted person with you. That's for sure. There's no, there's no substitute for two good eyes. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh yeah, but right. one thing. Okay, the situation I'm thinking of that kind of really gets, sticks in my craw that I frustrates me a lot. Is that people would, you know, act like there's no big deal and hop in your car and driving over to somewhere. You know, they say, oh, you know, there's going to be a barbecue after church or, oh, go ahead and meet me over at the Starbucks in 15 minutes or whatever. You know, it's like it's a couple miles away or something like that. And, you know, that's kind of stuff that people don't understand. You just kind of hop in your car and just go somewhere. And uh, then it's kind of bad, you know, they say they got to, you know, do something later, but they could start asking for a ride and everybody says like, no, I got to be with my wife or something. I'll take my kids with me. And that fills up the car. And it's like, I know it's like trying to ask for a ride. It's like pulling teeth sometimes, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And yeah. then that gets me, you know, it's like, you know, they want to do a barbecue at a church or do a Christmas play, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. I just take the bus over, you know, and it's like, it's like, it's late at night or, you know, and stuff. It's like, you know, it's like, no big deal or it's like they say you know why don't you take the bus there they understand the bus is around on this day or this sunday you know it's like true or the bus stuff like that that kind of get kind of sticks in my crawl or the bus might not be running at the end of the play or the event exactly people don't that people don't get i guess the only thing you could do in that situation is if they say that you say okay i could get the bus over there but i might need a ride home can anybody Mm -hmm. help me with that because yeah, I'm not going to go if I can't get a ride home. Then it starts in about, oh, I don't know. It's like I got my, you know, girlfriend with me and you go straight home or something like that. Or it's like, oh, I got mm-hmm. my kids with me. There's no room in my car. And then that uh-huh. starts again, you know. But it's, uh-huh. it's worth asking. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do, do you, you have to offer... give them the chance to say yes? What was that, Rod? Oh, you have to give them the chance to say yes. But if it's yeah, a yeah. no, you just have to say well, okay, maybe next time. You know, and also I have gotten rides before, but this disappointment, can I get you in advance sometimes, you know? But mm-hmm. yeah, I got rides before, but sometimes I wonder how much of this kind of causing problems, you know, like mm-hmm. like for my church congregation, for instance. It seems like I'm the only one that needs rides, you know? Uh-huh. Well, I like he like he just said, you know, you, you have to make the effort to ask because it's always a no unless you ask. Right. I know people don't get that how to, you know, there are these people that have probably been born and raised in their cars, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a, it's, mm-hmm. it's like a, an appendage, you know, it's part of them. And they don't, I know. It's like, it. you know, take away the cars. Like they don't know how to get, you know, from point mm-hmm. A to point B, you know, they don't, you know, they don't get that, you know. It's oh, like, I've been, 
I've been on the bus on my way to work and there'll be people on the bus complaining because their car's in the shop and they have to take the bus <laughs> and they just whine and moan and oh I gotta oh, take I the know. bus and I gotta wait and I have a nose with but... all these people and I'm like you do you try doing it every day you know you, uh-huh. I mean you really it's like it. yeah I know it's like really it's like I myself have knows that so much on the bus but I could could imagine, or or basically when people when their cars break down, they're stuck at home calling in sick. <laughs> well, Wes, what yeah. we need to do is is just make them aware that mm-hmm. um, you know that is a barrier for us, and because they just don't even think about it. You know, well, it's not not on their radar. I was not on the radar. I was talking to my always, sister one one day, and she um, she was talking, you know, about the the pandemic, and you know you. You're kind of stuck and you can't go anywhere. And then she talks about, well, she got in her car and went to the drugstore to pick up her prescription or she went to the grocery store to pick up some things. And I said, you know, really? you have it really easy. You can jump in your car. Mm-hmm. If you got sick of being in the house, you could get in your car and go for a ride. Just drive around to get out of the house. Mm-hmm. You know, my not- only option is to walk around my neighborhood, you know? She I know. <laughs> she didn't know. Yeah, it's like... And they can hop in their car and not be wedged in the vehicle, a bunch of other COVID-19 positive people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Karen Johnson has her hand raised. Thank you. I'm, I'm not sure where the topic's going, but talk about going out and doing things. And yes, you can have a companion, but if both of you are legally blind, mm-hmm. it's quite the adventure because you're yes. both <laughs> trying to support each other mm-hmm. and yet helping people understand that you really don't see and what Mm -hmm. you need. And sometimes people are just shocked to see a blind couple and there's no, Mm -hmm. and I think the, what we don't give ourselves credit for is the amount of planning that we need to do because we Mm -hmm. have to do it. So you do have to have your transportation arranged. You do Mm -hmm. have to have different ways of getting things. It frankly Mm -hmm. makes me almost want to stay home Mm -hmm. in my almost 70 years, just stay home and order from Amazon because Mm -hmm. it's, it's easier. (laughs) And um, so I'm grateful. I did things when I was younger, um, even though I was still visually impaired then um, that I did a lot of my big trips when I was younger and did things and I don't need to be going around anymore, but I really support people that, that still do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Basically my... what we've been talking about is situations where people just don't get it. You know, they, they don't understand That's that we biggest... need to, to, we need um, assistance. We need to know um, if people, if you're in a situation where there are people uh, like at a party, for instance, and they go to the other room and they leave you behind. It's like, well, you know, so all these situations, that's basically what we're talking about. So your, 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 your uh, comment was very appropriate to the topic, actually, Karen. Well, thank you. Uh, you know, I had a, I had a buffet at, with the retirement community we live and I asked a woman who's widowed and her husband was blind. I asked her if she'd take me through the buffet line. Well, she saw something way far away that she wanted and ran off. And so mm-hmm. I said to the servers, I said, oh, my sighted guy just ran away. So mm-hmm. one person stayed with me and I got what I needed and got to where I needed to go. But mm-hmm. anyway, I'm, it just sort of, there's always got to be a plan B. You kind of thought she'd had D. more. Um, since she just her totally, she did apologize to me and she just totally forgot about it. 
I mean, I don't wow. know. Mm-hmm. My biggest frustration is as low vision, all the explaining I have to do. The world yes. understands blind and they understand sighted. But if they see me moving around without a cane and then asking for help, you know, it's a long explanation. I really envy the deaf community because everybody understands hard of hearing mm-hmm. and nobody understands low vision. We don't have an expression like that. And I find mm-hmm. that really, really frustrating. And buffets are terrible. I slathered some uh, mayonnaise <laughs> all over a roast beef sandwich. <laughs> and then I found out it was horseradish and almost died. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and Rod, this is Zelda. Um, I was in a buffet line one night, one time at a, a holiday party, and I thought I was getting um, a cup of soup, and, and it ended up being a cup of gravy. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. Now, Zelda, I think we have a topic for another call. <laughs> I think we do. <laughs> buffet line nightmares. <laughs> oh, you have to have somebody, and I. it's easy for me to just ask whoever is closest Hey, I can't see where the dark. Can you tell me what each thing is as I go through there? Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a whole lot easier somebody, than hurting. Right, right. The other, the other um, option would be to have somebody, you know, bring bring you stuff. That's the other way to go about it in a at a buffet. Mm-hmm. Is to just have somebody go fill your plate for you. Yeah, and they they don't know what portions you want or or whatever no. either. But I mean, yeah, but but easy. that is an option. That is an it option. Is one option. Yep. Okay, and we do have other hand, raised hands. Um, All right, let's see who we got. Uh, the we next got anybody is, that hasn't spoken yet? Yes, the next one is somebody with a um, phone number, and it ends with seven zero seven, and they're unmuted. So go ahead. Yeah, this is Jason. I was going to hey, say Jason. another thing you could. Like another thing you can do, like say if you uh, like you say you're in a crowd or something, they leave her. You can also use your phone. Be my eyes. Yes. Ah, interesting. I hadn't yeah. even thought of that. Or Ira, if you have Ira. Yeah, Ira, be my eyes. eyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or if you have a friend, or if you have a friend who you can Facetime call with, they can help you through the phone too. There you go. Good options. Yeah. All right. The next in line is Karen. Go ahead, Karen. Um, if I find that my identity cane helps a lot because mm-hmm. if I didn't have it and I ask for help, people, I have had people tell me to put on my glasses. I've had people point at things. I've, <laughs> so um, if I have yep. my identity cane with me, it definitely helps. Yep. And if I get the same reaction, I hold up my identity cane and I say, you see this? And then, then they usually get it. Um, <laughs> the other thing I'd like to mention is, um, you know, the people with cars, I know um, it, it's a lifestyle <laughs> and uh, the, the, I don't even know all the expenses involved. Plus you have to buy the car then mm-hmm. you have to buy the gas and yep. you have to buy the insurance Yep. And we don't have to do that. So right. in my mind, if instead we use a car service once in a while mm-hmm. or whatever, it is a fair trade-off. Right. And yes. I really only ask for a ride if the place is way out of the way or, and I have just, um, maybe a few weeks ago, I had to go to a far distant place 
that wasn't close to a subway. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was able to get a ride, but I also started the process for getting what we call accessor ride or paratransit mm-hmm. just to have in, yep. um, just to have. Mm-hmm. And, Good idea. And I never, I hate buffets. I, I just, <laughs> I don't like them either. I, I just hate I'm buffets. <laughs> and even if I can tell what the food is, I take too much because I like food. So I am with <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Who else we got, Zelda? Well, we, uh, we have Tom Frank. Three short things. Number one, uh, with, uh, with a couple that have low vision, always the question, do two people that can't see anything see less than one person who can't see anything? Number two, Karen said it, and I was going to say, now's the time to say, use your white cane. Mm-hmm. If you don't need it all the time, use an identity cane. Pull it out, yeah. It, you don't have to explain things. You can hold mm-hmm. it up. No, my favorite one was when we were to my wife and another couple were at a comedy club and we were sitting at the front table, right? You know, right by the little stage mm-hmm. and the comedian with, he was going around. And of course they go along around usually a live one and they pick on the people in the front row and they come to me and I could see well enough that he was looking at me and well, maybe not, uh, maybe to the person next to me and said, you know, you know, why do you do such and such? Or where are you from? And I said, who, me? And he turns back and he says, I'm looking right at the guy. And he says, who, me? So I just reach down on the floor, pick up my cane and hold it up so he and everybody in the audience could see it. And he looks at it and said, what are you going to do? Beat me? And then all of a sudden he says, oh, my God. <laughs> do I feel embarrassed and he worked a great comedian he worked in his routine because he Talk was doing comedy. something and he he did something and he said oh by the way you can't see but I got this off stuck to my ha- side of my face and I really look silly oh okay so he so he just automatically switched to audio description and it, and it was great and the, but the other thing is when servers are coming to the table my wife and I are going out uh, and usually they come, do you want anything to drink? And I point across the table. She wants a Merlot. I want to switch back. That's the local beer here in Vermont that I like. And that Merlot, switch back. Thank you very much. And that, even though I came in with a white cane and they saw that and I, and they usually see it on the floor by me or whatever, it indicates to them that I'm quite capable of ordering what I want especially at the end when I pull out my credit card <laughs> and put it on the table with my name on it. Oh, he's paying. Maybe I should, should converse with him. <laughs> yep. so there's little, little tricks. You just, just do it mm-hmm. automatically. It isn't say, Hey, I'm blind. I can't see. Um, mm-hmm. And then just go with the flow sort of. Mm-hmm. Who else has got raised hands, Zelda? All right. Wes has his hand raised. One thing I'd point out is dealing with maybe the help, getting the help that you don't need. You know, it's like you get in there, you know, try to, you know, sit down. Oh, some people like bringing a plate of food to you when you can perfectly see whether enough to go over and help you. 
you know, help yourself, for instance, you know, or are they trying to grab your arm to lead you to the bathroom when you can follow them? I mean, uh, there's always that mm-hmm. situation about basically, you know, maybe too much help. And I know one person mentioned about whether they think the death community, you know, have a lot better because I have a situation too. People don't understand sight impaired versus totally blind. And that sticks to my craw too, that people just don't know, you know. Like somebody shouted, if you're blind, why do you wear sunglasses to me across the street type of crap? And it's kind of like, go hit the internet. I'll study up on this if you're all that interested. And one guy wanted to punch me out was saying you're supposed to tell me to be blind, saying you're supposed to be blind. And he was wanting to throw me, harass me out of a park, and he got in front of me and put his fist in my face. I mean, it's like, I mean, all this kind of crap. But I don't know the death people have any better. I wonder how much it's frustrating to them. When you go someplace, somebody starts doing sign language to them when that person, that high parcel doesn't even know sign language and they can hear somebody talk perfectly fine. So I wonder if the deaf community deal with this situation too. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who else we got, Zelda? Okay, Calandra has her hand raised. Go ahead, Calandra. <laughs> that is very sexy. I like the part about the sunglasses. <laughs> Anyway, um, I travel on a transportation cabinet that is mobility and fair transportation services. Um, And I live here in Fort Worth, Texas, and I live at Heritage Square on South Beach. And I've been taking NICs for years. Now they call it Trinity Aspen. Um, every time I go on mix, they are always good with me. They help me whenever I need to be helped, cite a guide or whatever. And, um, just recently, um, when I, I go with ACB meeting, okay, uh, uh, in Fort Worth, um, they recently had their Christmas party at Mama Mia's, which was a couple of weeks ago. Um, will be a couple of weeks. No, one week, two weeks, whatever. On Saturday. Anyway, it was on Saturday the 5th. Um, no, 4th. Anyway, um, they, um, I was the first one that got to the restaurant, Mama Mia's. Um, they were apparently just opening up uh, for a service. So after I tried to find my way to get to a chair, I listened to where everything was, and then I went and found a chair after telling the person that our group was to meet here. And, you know, I actually came up to the a man who was, it just opened and I said, hello, I'm visually impaired or blind and I have come with my ACB group. We're meeting here. He says, yes, I already know about that. And, you know, that's, we're getting ready for it or something like that. So I went and found a chair with my cane and I sat down just shortly afterwards. A lady came over to me and seeing that I had my white cane, apparently, mm-hmm. because she said, um, if you, um, 
I have a table already ready for you. If you would like to come with me, I'll guide you to a table. So she asked me if I wanted to take her shoulder, and I told her, okay. You know, she wanted to know if I wanted to find a guide. So although I wanted to do it by myself, I didn't mind the offered help, you know. <laughs> but um, I communicated with her just fine. And she asked me what I wanted to drink. And I told her I would have coffee, please. And she and I asked her would there be sugar and cream or something like that. She actually put a cup of coffee and showed me where the sugar and cream was located. And I felt like, you know, that was really fair. And when all of my other people came, they asked if, uh, you know, what could they serve them? So I find it easier that if you are very forward, but yet kind to the one that tries to help you, you would get better service than what you would be getting if you were aggressive. So I'm yeah. sorry to talk so long, but. Mm-hmm. No, but that's a good point. That's a good point, Calandra, that, uh, you know, you have to kind of weigh your, uh, you know, you have to decide what battles to fight and not fight. You know, if you're trying to get somewhere, sometimes it's faster and easier to let someone help you. Even if you, you know, are sure you could get there on your own, it, it just works out that it's easier. And, and that's, there's nothing wrong with that, really, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Kathy, there are no hand ra- raised at this time, um, mm-hmm. but I, I would like to, to um, add something sure, from my experience. Um, I think, you know, we all run into situations where people are not aware of our needs or our capabilities. Um, but there, there are some that really do get it, you know, and, and whether we've spent the time to um, really um, let them know, you know, and, and advocate for ourselves um, and that they've remembered, you know, because it's a two-way street. We can let them know and maybe they won't remember, but there are those that do remember and they do um, treat us uh, with with respect and kindness. And I think this is the perfect time of the year to let those that, that really do get it um, know that we appreciate them. Um, I had a, a dear friend who um, I live in rural North Dakota where there isn't an Uber. I can't call a taxi. I can't call Lyft. Um, and so I'm, I'm really beholden to my husband mainly and, and friends um, to, to get where I want, need to go. And I had um, a friend who belonged to the same community club that I belong to. And we have monthly meetings. And she was always so thoughtful about calling me, not the day of, not the hour before we were to leave, but calling me about three days ahead of time and saying, Zelda, are you planning to go to the meeting? You know, would you like me to come pick you up? And that, you know, we can always ask, but it is really those that that offer um, that that I appreciate the most. And, and I, I, I would encourage you all to to let them know how much you appreciate those people in your lives that, that get it and, and, um, and do um, extend 
offers uh, such as that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, offer them gas money, um, get, you know, give them a gift card to somewhere, uh, you know, try to re kind of reciprocate if you can um, mm -hmm. for people who do things for you all the time, because, um, you know, they can say no, if they don't want the gas money, you give them the option of saying no. Um, but you, you never know, you know, sometimes people, I've been in situations where um, I discovered, you know, kind of by accident that the person felt put upon, they felt like, you know, well, they're always ask, she's always asking me for a ride, you know, and I really don't want to, but I feel like I have to, and I certainly don't want to put somebody in that situation. Mm -hmm. So um, it's always a good idea to offer uh, some sort of reciprocation. If you're, you know, if you've, if you've got children and you're, you know, somebody's doing all the, the, the carpooling for you, uh, maybe you could watch their kids for them uh, if they have to do something or mm -hmm. something like that, you know, where you're, you know, make something for them or uh, just be, um, do, reciprocate in some way. Great. We do have another raised hand. All right. Who's okay. That? Kathy King. Hi there. Um, first, I'll ask a question. Did we already talk about doctor offices? No, we didn't actually. Okay. So um, yesterday I had an experience, experience at the surgeon's office. And I'd say I interacted with five people. None of them had experience. This was a huge surgeon's office, gigantic. Mm -hmm. And there must have been 15 staff members Everybody, nobody I interacted with seemed to have knowledge of how to deal with somebody with sighted issues. I had to mm -hmm. keep explaining why I had a white cane and that that meant that I couldn't see. Mm -hmm. um, some were very helpful when I suggested ways they could help me. Some were plain belligerent. <laughs> um, but overall, the experience was good somehow. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And I think it's because it started off with a complete stranger that I, um, my son dropped me off and for various reasons couldn't come in with me. And so I had to find the floor that the um, doctor's office was on and then find the office myself, which is like a scavenger hunt, we all know. And mm -hmm. I ended up on the wrong floor. And this seems like an older gentleman um, was helping me find the, the room number. I was on the wrong floor. He went in to check at an office came out, said, no, you're on the wrong floor. You need to go down to this floor, led me to the elevator again, made sure I hit the down button. And I, I thanked him profusely. I said, you didn't have to do any of this. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Complete stranger, just somebody going to an appointment, yeah. went out of his way to mm -hmm. get me in the right direction, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and that was just tremendous. He put the actual medical staff to shame. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but overall the experience at the doctor's office I'd say the majority of them were responsive to me giving suggestions as to how to help me mm -hmm. but it really felt as if they had never encountered anybody with a white cane in their life mm -hmm. and I was just stymied because I could tell um, I don't know if I'm a high partial or low partial or what I am but um, I could tell that there were several wheelchairs in the room. It's a neurosurgeon. Uh -huh. And I can't imagine I'm the first person with a white cane that's been in there. 
there must have been 30 people in that waiting room. There, mm-hmm. there was a huge room and I could mm-hmm. hear a lot of voices. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I don't get it. And um, next time I go there, I'm going to bring the document that Zelda told us about. I'm going to download that out and hand it to the front desk and say, here's a gift, mm-hmm. <laughs> just a suggestion um, to mm-hmm. introduce to your staff. Um, and um, But then the other thing was, I was wondering, I think this has been such a helpful session. People have mentioned such really helpful ideas, perspectives. Would people mind if we posted this on our website where we, we have some special Zoom recordings? Would anybody mind if we posted this for our membership to be able to um, hear it, even if they weren't here? This is Calander. I wouldn't mind it. Okay. Um, I, I don't know about anyone idea. else. Um, this is Karen. Um, you just mentioned about a document, and maybe I, I would like to hear what that document is. I came in a little late. Mm-hmm. That was another session that um, Zelda did about medical. What's the name of it, Zelda? And we do have it on our resource page. It, it is. And it, it is created um, specifically to, to share with uh, a clinic staff, no matter what their specialty is. Um, it's, it's how, um, and, and I can't think of the title right now either, but it's, it's just a single page, two-sided document that gives them all kinds of tips of how they can, they can um, care. It's caring for a patient with vision loss. And, and um, it, it is very helpful and it might be something they could share at a staff meeting or whatever, or, or you might even ask them, you know, um, if, if you're, you know, have a regular staff meeting, I wouldn't mind coming and, and um, sharing this document with you prior to, and then explaining it um, to, to your staff so that we want to put them at ease but we want to help them take care of, you know, us better and understand our needs better. Mm-hmm. And it I'll is a document. It and I'll put it. I'll put it out on the list serve again. Okay. When I post this one, does that make sense? Yes, I and it, it it also is. Um, didn't you post that on our website? Yeah, it's on the resource yeah. page. I'm trying to find it right now, just to okay. tell people what section it's in. Okay, does, I think it's under any- health and advocacy, maybe. Does anybody okay. who's on here today who's on a phone, does, do we have anybody with a landline phone on yes, here today? Yes, we, we do have several. Do, does anybody use our Fillmore system? Does anybody, you know, you can listen to it, you dial into it, and you can listen to various things on your phone. Anybody do that? No. Let's see. Yeah. Do you have that number handy? Or I do don't. you want me to look it up? But, let me, let me look it up, I'm I think. Kind of, wondering if um you know the document or this recording of oh this that would be good would be good to put on film more if people listen to it we're trying to you know have our our system used more um and i don't know whether people are using it now or not that would be great let me uh find that number we do have a couple extra um other hands raised here's here's kathy again on our resource page at CCLVI, it's under healthcare resources, and it's called, like uh, Zelda said, caring for a clinic patient with vision loss. 
and there's a PDF version and a Word document that you could download. And the number that um, Kathy was referring to, the, the Filmer voicemail, that if, if you um, would like to access it by your phone, um, is 773-572-6315. And um, perhaps we can, um, I could record that, just read that um, document and record that. And um, uh, we could put that recording on on the Fillmore um, on our on our voicemail system. Yeah, this is Kathy it's... King again. For those that are new to our calls, we're saying the Fillmore. It's just the brand name. It's what it's a automated information line that you use by telephone. And when you connect to it, it says press one to hear this, and you could maybe get vision access. Two, you can hear something else. Three, you hear something else. And it's all related to CCLVI. So when we say Fillmore, that's what we're referring to. It's an automated information line. Okay. And Kathy, we are at the top of the right. hour. Okay. Um, well, th thank you everyone for coming. I'm glad you came today. And uh, join us again next week at this same time for our, our coffee hour. And uh, any other announcements that you want to make before we wrap up? Zelda or Next Kathy? Monday night. At 8 p.m. is our monthly support group for people with low vision. It's next week, isn't it, Zelda? Is Christmas next week? Yep. It yep. is. Christmas oh, snuck up on us. Right. Are we going to have Are we going to have the coffee hour next week? Because that would be the 24th, right? Yeah, we will. We will not have our Thursday um, evening session nor our Friday morning session next week. But we will be having, as Kathy said, our our Monday evening session. Um, that's the peer support group. And on Tuesday night is uh, Let's Talk Low Vision um, with, with Dr. Bill and guests. Those two, and that will take place. The Monday night is at 8 o'clock. The Tuesday night is at 8.30. And those are Eastern times. Um, look, look in your community schedule or on our CCLVI chat for the links for those. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Good luck by our community. What a team. Have a happy holiday. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks. Merry Christmas. Thanks, Wes. You too.